0: You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What's up, Hooten Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. It's your boy Chris Rose Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Rose Report, and make sure if you haven't already, subscribe and leave a review for the podcast Straight Up Saints on iTunes. And this is an emergency episode for this podcast. And the reason being the Saints got pretty bad news to say the least before their game against the Panthers, which was already going to be an uphill battle because it doesn't look like Michael Thomas is going to play, but he's not the only star receiver that's not going to play. It turns out that Emmanuel Sanders will not play against the Panthers because he's been placed on the reserve slash COVID-19 list. It turns out on Thursday, he wasn't feeling well, showed up to practice, got tested, tested positive. Sean Payton says that he knows where he got it from and he's going to leave it at that. Basically doesn't sound good. It sounds like he got it from home. Um, And first, before I get into anything else, you obviously want to extend uh, your well wishes, thoughts, and prayers to Emmanuel Sanders because obviously this is... A very serious disease. It's is not a joke. It's not a hoax. And you want him to get better from this. If he needs to take two, three weeks, whatever it may be, you give him all the time in the world. You obviously don't play games with the virus of this magnitude. You hope that he comes back soon, but obviously the concern with a guy like him who has kids, has a wife, you want them to be okay. So I, I really extend uh, my well wishes to the Sanders family at this time. As for what it might do for this game, what it means for the Saints... Obviously, it's not good. Emmanuel Sanders is a guy who over the past couple weeks has really found his rhythm with the New Orleans Saints. We saw against the Lions and against the Chargers, he had really big games. Against the Lions is where we really saw him break out. He had six catches for 93 yards, and then he doubled that, 12 catches for 122 yards. The following week against the Chargers, he played magnificent in both those games, and it looked like him and Drew Brees were on a really good page and you thought to yourself, hey, even if Michael Thomas misses this game, Emmanuel Sanders against a banged-up Carolina secondary can get the job done. Now you don't have Emmanuel Sanders. So what does that mean for the Saints as far as the receiving corps goes? Well, this means it's a lot of Traquan Smith and it is a lot of Marquez Calloway. One guy who is somewhat proven and another guy who is definitely unproven but has shown potential. And let's start with the somewhat proven commodity in Traquan Smith. This season has been pretty good for Traquan Smith. He's got 16 catches for 194 yards and two touchdowns. He's already on pace to have the best year of his career, which is encouraging for a guy like him who you want to see show a little something in his third year in the NFL. And he did not have a good game against the Chargers, but to be fair, it was a lot of Emmanuel Sanders. It was a lot of Kamara. So he was kind of the odd man out. But before that, we saw him really have his breakout game against the Detroit Lions. Four catches for 54 yards and two touchdowns. He also had a nice game against the Raiders where he had five catches for 86 yards. Now, Traquan will probably be the wide receiver one, so he'll get the best corner from the Panthers. It is also worth noting that the Panthers aren't going to have one of their best corners and Rasul Douglas, who has just been placed on the COVID list, just like Emmanuel Sanders. So both teams are missing important pieces. This is not just the Saints missing important pieces, the Panthers are also missing an important player. Um, and it's also I'm going to add Eli Apple and Dante Jackson, two other corners for the Panthers. They're questionable going to this game. My gut feeling is at least one of them plays, but even if they do play, they're not going to be 100%. So the Panthers are hurt in the secondary. The Saints are obviously shorthanded at receiver. It's going to be weakness versus weakness at this point for this game, and it's, it's going to be interesting to see who has the upper hand. Now let's switch over to Marcus Callaway, who I think is the really, really interesting X factor for this game. Callaway hasn't basically... He hasn't really done much as a receiver yet for the Saints, but you saw some flashes against the Chargers. He had four receptions on six targets for 34 yards against the Chargers. And what impressed me the most was Drew was throwing to him in overtime. Game on the line, you need to keep the drive moving. I'll throw it to the undrafted rookie from Tennessee, who, by the way, wears number 12. And number 12 for the Saints is an important number, especially if you're a receiver. So I think Callaway is a guy who, if you're playing Daily Fantasy, if you're just a Saints fan, if you're not a Saints fan, you're a casual football fan, I think you might be impressed with what you see by Callaway on Sunday, assuming he's able to build off what he started in week five against the Chargers. If he could build off that, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised with what you see from Marquez Callaway. But look, you can't put all the pressure on Marcus Calloway and Traquan Smith. It's just not fair to do that. Would you go to another team? Would you go to the Bucks and say, put your pressure on Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson, not Godwin and Evans? No, you wouldn't do that. So you don't put all the pressure on Traquan and Calloway. What do you do to, to basically avoid doing that? You got to get Jared Cook involved. You have to. I said this on Twitter. I'm going to say it again. Jared Cook needs to have a big game. He had two big games against the Panthers last year, especially the first time around where he had over 90 yards and a touchdown He needs to have another big game against the Chargers and stretch the field. We saw him have that deep touchdown um, against the Chargers. Can he now do that against the Panthers? That's an interesting thing to look forward to. Um, And also, get Latavius Murray the ball early and often. Do you you know how you get rid of this flaw that you have in the passing game? You run the football, but you run it well. And if the Saints can run the football well, you control the clock. Your defense isn't on the field as much. And more importantly for this game, you don't have to rely on an aging Drew Brees throwing to his third and fourth best receivers in a game that means a lot for divisional standing. So that is definitely something uh, the Saints should focus on. I said it in my earlier podcast, and I'm going to say it again. They need to make sure they run the football. I think they will. Sean doesn't mess around with situations like this. Another thing I wanted to touch on real quick, because this is obviously going to be a shorter podcast considering it's an emergency podcast, the Saints got to get Taysom Hill involved. I know you're probably sitting there saying, "Chris, I can't believe you said that. You've been bashing Taysom for the last couple of weeks, and guess what I have? You know why? Cuz Taysom hasn't been good. And frankly, the Saints haven't used Taysom in an effective way. They're throwing him out there. Everyone in their mothers knows that he's gonna run the football. He runs the football, he gets stopped, he had that brutal fumble against the Packers. It just hasn't been a great year for Taysom Hill. But if there's ever a week to unleash whatever packages you have designed for number 7, this is the week. No Michael Thomas, no Emmanuel Sanders, Teron Armstead is a little banged up for this game. You need to use Taysom Hill. I don't care how you use him, receiver, tight end, running back, quarterback, just use him. I, I don't, I'm at this point where Taysom, with Taysom Hill where it's literally put up or shut up. And this is the week where, with a lot of things going wrong and you not having two of your biggest playmakers, Use Taysom, and I've said for many years now, Taysom's a good football player. I don't know if he's a good quarterback, and I don't think he is a good quarterback, but he is a good football player. Uh, We saw last year he had a lot of receiving receiving touchdowns. It was six of them. Maybe he has one this week. You never know, so I'm really interested to see how they use Taysom Hill. So that's something to check out for this week. The last thing I wanted to address real quick, because I saw some people sent it to me on Twitter. Figured that I'll address this since it's floating around there. Uh, I, I don't understand how this comes to thing, but Chad Forbes, who claims he has sources, but the reality is he has no sources, and he's, he's just a freaking con artist, to say the least, tweets out, there's something not right in the Saints locker room. Entire roster knows Drew Brees is done, functional at times, but team doesn't have a chance to win it all with Drew or Taysom Hill. Drew's comments from summer didn't help, and there's some drama. Locker room wants Jameis? Question mark. I, I don't understand How the fuck people come up with these narratives? Please explain to me how Emmanuel Sanders contracting COVID-19 sparks you to put out a, oh yeah, Drew Brees is washed and the Saints don't like him take. Did Emmanuel Sanders purposely contract the deadly virus because he hates his quarterback who, by the way, threw him the football 12 times the last game against the Chargers? Or better yet, I love this one about Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is holding out and wants a trade. Or did you ever think that a competitive wide receiver like Michael Thomas, who is struggling to come back from his ankle injury and is trying to push his recovery timeline, had a setback because that's what happens when injured players have to compensate for other injuries? Have you ever thought of that? No, because it's easier to go out on Twitter and be a dipshit and say, hey, the Saints, it's just not working. And look, I agree. At some level, the Saints team is not the Saints team of the last three years. That's why I'm very hesitant on saying they're a contender because there's a lot of inconsistencies. But you have to be a next-level moron to go on Twitter and say, oh, they are done, and your reasonings are because Michael Thomas is missing practice and because Emmanuel Sanders contracted COVID, but instead of using those actual reasons, you twist it and say they don't like to play with Drew Brees? Did Michael Thomas not break the all-time record for most catches in a single season last year? Did Emmanuel Sanders not just have back-to-back insanely good games? What am I missing here? And this infatuation over Jameis Winston, did we not watch Jameis Winston last year? I am rooting for a comeback for Jameis. I think it would be great for football if this guy just revitalizes his career. And heck, I hope he gets a shot next year. I genuinely mean it. I hope he gets a shot next year. But you have to be out of your mind if you think their best chance to win this year is with a guy who threw 30 interceptions last season. Where is the math? Where does that add up? I I don't see it. And this team, which has a horrible defense right now, would be even worse if their quarterback is throwing interceptions left and right and giving them bad field position. Well, we didn't think about that, right, because it's it's easy to pull out a bullshit take, throw it on Twitter like the con artist that Chad Forbes is, and just throw that out there. And I'm glad that he's getting hammered on Twitter by Saints fans right now, and I usually don't want to attack other members of the media like this, but if you come out with some bullshit and say that you are some insider, which reality is you're not, and no one talks about Chad Forbes ever because he's irrelevant I have a problem with shit like this, and I have a big problem when it comes out during a time where this guy just contracted COVID. If Emmanuel Sanders sat out of practice and said, I can't do this, okay, yeah, let's talk about it. But the man is not contracting a deadly virus because he doesn't like his quarterback. That is just stupid, it's lame, and it's just flat-out wrong. Uh, And I definitely had to get that off my chest, especially with so much uncertainty surrounding the Saints team. You definitely have to clear the air on that regard. But that's probably going to wrap it up, guys, for this podcast. I just want to throw it out there before you start firing up the shots and getting ready to drink on Sunday because you think it's going to be a tough game, it's going to be a close one. I don't think the Saints, because of these injuries, are going to be out of this football game. This is a team that is very adaptable. Uh, They've been facing injuries all year, Um, and I'm going to be honest with you. They won against the Lions, and I know the Panthers are much better than the Lions, so let me just throw that in there. They won without uh, Marshawn Lattimore, without Marcus Davenport, without Janoris Jenkins, Um, without Ryan Ramchek in the fourth quarter, without Michael Thomas, there's a lot of big names without Andrews Pete. So I get it. It's not ideal. You want both your receivers on the field, and this is absolutely going to hurt. But I would not be surprised if the Saints are able to play an ugly brand of football that wins games. Have you watched the Chicago Bears this year? They're winning ugly, and it doesn't matter. You can win by three. You can win by 30. Guess what? It counts as a win, and a win is a win. It doesn't matter how you get it. So if the Saints are able to win ugly and pull out an ugly win, you absolutely take it, and I have a weird suspicion that their defense, which is actually fully healthy now with Davenport, Lattimore, and Jenkins back, I have a weird suspicion you're going to see them play a nice brand of football this Sunday, especially if they can hold up their end of the bargain against DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, which I alluded to on the previous podcast. But that's definitely going to be um, an interesting thing to see. But I'm not going to count out the Saints team. They've been in a hole in terms of injuries all season long. They continue to scrap and claw. Do I think that the absences of Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders switch, you know, shift the line? Absolutely. I think... You know, there was talks about this being a seven-and-a-half point spread. Absolutely not. I, I wouldn't even favor the Saints by more than three-and-a-half. Um, I still give them the edge because they play a smart brand of football, at least offensively, um, and, and we'll see. I think the Saints did find something in that overtime game against the Chargers offensively, and not having Sanders does hurt, but I do trust Drew Brees against a young defense um, to find some holes in there and keep it definitely at the minimum close. Um, and we'll see what happens this Sunday. But that's going to do it for this emergency edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. Guys, I wish you all a very good weekend, and let's hope the Saints, although they'll be shorthanded, can pull off a win over the division rival, the Carolina Panthers.